Hi there, it's Matt here, and welcome back to the podcast. So, this is going to sound strange coming from someone like me, but I'm going to suggest that you drink coffee, because the health benefits associated with coffee are numerous, and many of them are significant. And I'll explain exactly why this is the case a little bit later on, since today is going to be the first of a two-part series all about coffee, caffeine, and their interaction with this thing called sleep. In this first episode, we'll focus on how caffeine works and then how caffeine can impact your sleep at night in several different ways. And then, in the next episode, we'll find out more about exactly why coffee can offer these health benefits despite the harmful impact that caffeine can have upon your sleep. So let's start with exactly how caffeine works. Now, in our previous episode on sleep pressure, we learned all about how caffeine can keep you awake during the day. Here, we're going to focus on how caffeine can impact your sleep at night. Caffeine is in a class of drugs that we call the psychoactive stimulants, and I'm sure that you knew that caffeine was some form of a stimulant. However, there are several hidden consequences of caffeine that you may be less aware of. One of these is the duration of action. Caffeine has what we call a half-life of about five to six hours in the average adult. In other words, after five to six hours, 50% of that caffeine is still going to be in your system. And what that means is that caffeine will then have a quarter life of about 10 to 12 hours. So, in other words, let's say that you have a cup of coffee at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Almost a quarter of that caffeine could still be circulating in your brain at midnight, or perhaps even more than a quarter of that caffeine. And the probably rather crass analogy here would be that if you have a cup of coffee at 2 p.m., it would be the equivalent of getting into bed at midnight, and just before you turn the lights out, you swig a quarter of a cup of coffee, and you hope for a good night of sleep, and it tends not to happen. And in part, this comes back to the stimulant properties of caffeine. First, caffeine is going to make it more difficult for you to fall asleep when your head hits the pillow. Added to this is the fact that caffeine will increase levels of anxiety. So as you're lying there, not being able to fall asleep, you suffer that sort of terrible experience of a, a racing mind that won't shut off. And I almost liken this to a sort of a Rolodex of anxiety that can flood your brain due to the effects of caffeine. The second and related issue is that not only will caffeine make it harder for you to fall asleep, it will then also make it more difficult for you to stay asleep soundly across the night. And this is because caffeine will make your sleep more unstable. In other words, it will cause you to wake up more frequently at night. And the consequence is something that we call sleep fragmentation, meaning that your overall sleep efficiency or the quality of your sleep becomes significantly worse when you have caffeine on board. The folks supporting today's podcast are Inside Tracker. 
If you've not heard of them, Inside Tracker is effectively a personalized biometric health platform, and they will analyze your blood and your DNA to try to better understand what's going on inside of you. Why did I want them as a sponsor? Well, I am someone who is perhaps overly pedantic about knowing my own health status, and this is where Inside Tracker comes into play without pedantry, I have to say. A trained individual from Inside Tracker will conveniently come out to your home at a time that you wish, and they'll draw a wee sample of blood. And then after running a set of diagnostics on that blood and the DNA contained within, Inside Tracker will do two additional things. First, they'll give you a full set of results, of course, that describe the different sort of blood and metabolic and hormonal health metrics. And they'll also give you some nice reference guidelines to say, are you inside or are you outside of typical standard ranges? The second benefit of Inside Tracker is one that I think makes them a standout in the space. Inside Tracker not only tells you your data, but then in a personalized way, unique to your biometric status and your goals, they will offer suggestions as to changes that you may wish to make to adjust some of those numbers and try to better optimize them, which is to say better optimize you, the individual, the person. So if you want to try Inside Tracker, just go over to insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker and you'll get 25% off any one of their program offerings. So that's Inside tracker insidetracker.com forward slash matt walker and there you can just have a flick through the menu of different offerings that they provide and select the one that feels good to you and with that let's get back to the podcast now as a quick aside some people will tell me look i am one of those individuals and i can have an espresso with dinner and i fall asleep and i stay asleep So, no harm, no foul. Well, yes and no. Even if you fall asleep easily and then you stay asleep across the night, caffeine will still decrease the amount of deep sleep that your brain can generate. And I'll go into that in far greater detail in the second episode, but I make that point because most people are not consciously aware of the lack of that deep sleep even though they don't remember having a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep. And in fact, why don't I just pause for a second? Let's linger on this common statement that I receive from people about their sensitivity. What we know is that the effects of caffeine are highly variable from one individual to the next. I said earlier that the quarter life of caffeine is somewhere between 10 to 12 hours, but that's for the average adult it's really quite different from one person to the next that you will pass on the street. Now, using a variety of different assessment techniques and methods, what we've recently discovered is that your sensitivity to caffeine is due in part to your genetics. And different people will have a more or less efficient version of an enzyme that breaks down caffeine. And if you're, if you're nerd curious like me, the class of liver compounds that we're talking about here are called cytochrome P450 enzymes. 
<laughs> I've always thought, by the way, that Cytochrome P450s would be a great title for an album. Don't you think that would be brilliant? Um, no, probably just me. Uh, anyway, um, getting back to the story. Some people will have a version of that enzyme that allows them to metabolize the caffeine very quickly. Whereas other people will have a version of that enzyme or set of enzymes, it turns out, which is much slower in its speed of breakdown of that caffeine. And as a result, that caffeine will linger in their system far longer than it would do in someone who can metabolize it quite quickly. And for those people who can't metabolize it and cleanse the system of the caffeine as quickly, those are the people who are highly sensitive to the effects of caffeine. By the way, unfortunately, having run my own genetic screening test, I am one of those slow caffeine metabolizers. Ah, oh, it makes me so sad because I adore the smell of freshly ground coffee. I love that ritual. I would say, however, that decaffeinated coffee, if you find the right one, can be almost as extraordinary. But again, I'm telling my story. This is not about me. This is about you and this podcast. If you would like to know, by the way, which caffeine-sensitive type you are, there are several genetic testing kits out there, and I won't name names, that you can easily buy online, and they will often assess those specific set of relative genes. Um, and once again, if you're curious, the two most relevant genes for you to look out for regarding this caffeine sensitivity are called CYP1A2 and A-H-R. Um, <laughs> total alphabet spaghetti, wasn't it? And with that spaghetti thrown against the informational wall of today's episode, I will close it out for today, and I will see you in the second part of this two-part series on caffeine. And there, we're going to address a question that I get asked so much, which is the following. How can a cup of coffee be associated with so many health benefits, despite the damaging impact that you've since told us that caffeine can have upon your sleep. And I'll also describe one of the additional and perhaps most concerning effects of caffeine on your sleep, no matter whether you are a slow or fast metabolizer. But for now, I will simply say good night. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks again to the sponsors for supporting this podcast. Please go over and um, check out that link that we mentioned. That would be so helpful to me and supporting the podcast. But mostly, thank you again to you for listening. And please tune in to the next episode, this second episode, all about sleep and caffeine. For now, take care, and I'll see you next time.